if you're not comfortable showing affection and and you know saying good job or things like that that's not okay you have to become good at that if you're going to be a good leader that's your job welcome to the grow ability podcast your home for leadership management and marketing education where we teach business and nonprofit leaders how to flourish in life and work Today's episode continues with the fourth step of the GrowAbility model by sharing four things that great managers can do to be a better coach. Here are your hosts, Joshua McLeod and Bernie Anderson. Tell us now, all right, what would be the second step for a manager to become a great coach? Yeah, so the second step is to make love bank deposits. If people feel loved, they feel happy. There's a really great book called The Five Love Languages. There's five primary ways that people receive love. So one is words of affirmation. Two is receiving gifts. Three is quality time. Four, acts of service. And then five is touch. Those five things are universal to humanity. If you are a manager that is not pretty good at or very comfortable with all of those things, you better become pretty good at or comfortable with all of those things because the people that are working with you, mm-hmm. some of them need a hug. Some of them need words of affirmation. Some of them need gifts. Some of them need quality time. Some of them need acts of service. If you're not comfortable showing affection and, and you know saying good job or things like that, that's not okay. You have to become good at that if you're going to be a good leader. That's your job. Make some love bank deposits. Okay, let's let's jump on to the third. Yeah, think like a coach. Don't be a bad manager. We have make love bank deposits. What is the third way that, or the third step of becoming a manager who is actually a coach? So the third step of being more of coach than manager is allow your team to do quarterly self-reviews. So a quarterly self-review is different than a typical review. Most organizations do a yearly review. And at the yearly review, it's your chance to talk about all of the things that you want to see improved or adjusted with the employee. The problem is there's only one thing that's going on in the back of the mind of the employee that you're reviewing in a yearly review. Am I getting a raise? Am I not getting a raise? Am I getting a raise? Am I not getting a raise? You will be surprised that the one day a year that your team member is the very best team member that you could ever imagine is on the time that they're getting their yearly review. That's right. So you tell them you're doing a bad job and they're like, you're right. I'm doing a terrible job. You are so right on. But in the back of their mind is, am I getting a raise or am I not getting a raise? So yearly reviews, I've just, I don't find them very effective. So I really, what we try to institute is a quarterly self-review. On the quarterly self-review, you're just looking at the areas that are written on your job description. If I'm working at a, a company and one of their core values is efficiency, then in that quarterly self review, I'm asking the employee, okay, let's talk about efficiency. How did you do an efficiency? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, need some work. Okay, good or great. Hmm. So they're the one that's reviewing themselves. The right. second thing is, okay, well, if one of our core values is like friendliness, okay, how are you doing with friendliness? Need some work. 
okay, good, or great. What a quarterly review does is it allows that person to think about themselves rather than you telling them. It's like the opposite of micromanagement. It's the person being able to evaluate their own performance at the company. If that person is saying, I do great in friendliness, but everybody else in the entire organization thinks that they're a jerk and they're like treating customers mean, now we have the thing where we have to have a conversation about this. But if they realize I'm being a jerk, then you're not the one telling them you're being a jerk. Doing a quarterly self-review is a way to allow that team member to work on themselves. Yeah. I feel like the quarterly self-review actually ties in to the fourth thing. It's a different step, but let's just jump there because I, I think those two things sort of intertwine with each other. So so what it be what would be the fourth step in becoming a manager who is also a coach? The fourth thing that is critical for a manager to be a good coach is take good notes. If I only do a yearly review with my team, stuff that happened in February, I'm going to totally forget about. Stuff that happened in April, I'm going to totally forget about. Stuff Stuff that happened happened yesterday, I'm going to totally forget about at my age, right? (laughs) Yeah. So there are three things that every good manager who's a coach should keep track of. The first thing we've already talked about, which is love bank deposits. How many times did I make a love bank deposit with my team members? Yeah. Because if I'm going into the review and I know it's going to be a little sketchy and I know that I've made 20 love bank deposits, it's different than I haven't invested any in the love bank deposit. I better be really careful about how I can navigate this. Right. The second thing and, and the third thing, actually, that you want to keep track of are what I call hiccups and landmines. Okay. There's a huge difference between hiccups and landmines. If you are a micromanager, you might think everything is a landmine when really it's a bunch of hiccups. Right. Uh, If you're a buddy manager, you might think, oh, this is just a hiccup when really it's a landmine. The Center for Creative Leadership created a, uh, a tool called an SBI inventory or a Situation, Behavior, and Impact Inventory. Legally, for companies to fire people, they really need to not just fire people because they don't like them. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the only grounds that you have to actually fire someone is more about their behavior, the action or the attitude with a behavior that they right. uh, performed that caused them to get in trouble. As a leader, when something goes south at work, when a, when a team member is not holding up their end of the bargain, you know, maybe they're just a big gossip about problems, or maybe they offended a customer, or maybe they showed up late for work. The first question I want to ask is, is this a incident or is this a pattern? If I am looking at Sydney's time clock and Sydney showed up late to work on Friday, I don't want to go into attack mode and say, Sydney, why weren't you here on time on Friday? If this is the first time that Sydney has ever showed up late for work. Sydney's been working there for five years and you never showed up late. There's probably a really good reason. Or maybe it's just I slept in, but it doesn't matter. Now, if I take Frank on the other hand, and if Frank showed up late on Friday and Frank was late last Friday and he was late last Tuesday and three weeks ago he was late. 
Now I'm saying, okay, hey, this is not an incident. This is a pattern. Now, showing up late is a hiccup. Mm -hmm. It's not a landmine. And the difference between a hiccup and a landmine is that a hiccup only impacts Frank and like my relationship with Frank, but it's not going to spread to the rest of the company. It's not going to spread to other team members. It's not going to damage customer relationships. Let's say that Frank showed up late to the presentation for Channel 2 with a 1,000 participants. That's a landmine. That's a destructive force in the organization. Let's say that Sydney gossips about Britney Spears at work and everybody gets distracted. Free Britney! Free Britney. Yeah. So, so let's say Sydney distracts everybody at work and like we lost some focus. Okay. That's a hiccup. Right. Uh, let's say Sydney is gossiping about her coworker and mm. now everybody starts whispering about the coworker. And now there's this really wonky vibe at work where nobody knows what's going on, but there's a lot of gossip and whisper that's going around in the company. That's a landmine. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is take good notes. To me, Joshua, uh-huh. what is also interesting with this, and this is why I think tying number three and number four here together are important. Part of that quarterly self-review should be, are, are you timely about the way that you do things? Are you on time? Yeah. Are you on target? Yeah. Are you on time? And, yeah. and so for Sydney's, you know, if she goes through and looks at this and says, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was late once. And so like, I'm so bad at being on time. Well, then you can look, I mean, you, you, you've got your SBI. You can say, actually, Sydney, you were only late one time. You're actually pretty good at this. So don't be so hard on yourself or what's likely to be the other direction. Frank, we'll pick on Frank. Frank's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on time. I'm always on time. Like I'm on, it's like, actually, Frank, I have a record right here <laughs> yeah. in my notes that I've taken good notes on that you were late, like, you know, you're late at least twice a week. So, yeah, it's important that you just keep track of things. The, the shepherd needs to look at all the sheep and make sure that like, hey, are all these sheep healthy? And is that, you know, does that sheep keep wandering off? Like we need to corral that a little bit. If you put it into a system that you trust, like keeping track of hiccups and landmines and mm-hmm. love bank deposits, then when you have those quarterly self-reviews, it's really, really uh, impactful. And, and it's just, it's a great way to really keep tabs on your work and to be a yeah. coach. Yeah. You can always, you know, help people. So, yeah. Right. Well, Joshua, we've got one more. We've got yes. three minutes. So let's, let's okay. get through all five of these today. So think like a coach. Don't be a bad manager. Step one. Step two is make love bank deposits. Yep. Step three is, is institute a quarterly self-review process that yep. you follow up on every quarter. Step four is make sure you take good notes and keep track of all of this. What's step five? Step five is what, I, what I, I've adopted from the book title is radical candor. Okay. Speak honestly and kindly. Don't do one or the other. Do both. The worst thing that you can do is not be honest about how you're feeling about a team member's performance or what they did or about anything in general. Be honest. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the worst thing you can do is be a jerk. You know, (laughs) don't be a jerk. Uh, jerk. If if you're concerned about something, talk about how you're concerned, but do it with kindness. Don't be schmoozy. Don't be fake. Be honest and be Mm -hmm. kind. 
frank conversation is what every employer and employee needs. Like if I'm doing something wrong at my job, the last thing I want you to do is not tell me about it and then be angry at me that I'm not doing this thing. That's frustrating and disempowering for people. Yeah, that really that is incredibly frustrating. So basically what we're saying is tell the truth in love. There you go. That's it. (laughs) So, well, that's it for today. We do want all of our listeners to remember that you're doing better than you think and you have more potential than you know. And we appreciate you growing with GrowAbility. Thank you for listening to the GrowAbility podcast. The mission of GrowAbility is to equip leaders to flourish in their life and work by developing vision, rhythm, and community. To discover more ways to flourish in your life and work, visit growability.com and speak with a certified GrowAbility coach. Bernie and Joshua are also available for speaking engagements, workshops, and conferences. Subscribing to this podcast helps GrowAbility equip leaders throughout the world, and we appreciate your support. Please consider sponsoring an episode or sharing with a friend.